You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> woo Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're going to murder you. This is a bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club, despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. Did you see that? He must be from England, yeah. Wales, is that another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. Like it or not, Richmond are changing the way we do things. And from now on, that way is the lasso way. Hey, look, this car's got an invisible steering wheel. <laughs> what you're doing is irresponsible. This club actually means something to this town. You don't think I see that every day out there on the streets? <laughs> are you kidding me? I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change. Changing! Being brave. Your decision to bench Jamie was a masterstroke. I don't think we're allowed to talk like that at work anymore. You got no fear of the other dog. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, thank you. Welcome to England. Hey there, everyone. It is time for another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. And it's good to see each and every one of you tonight. And we got a great one for you. We're going to believe tonight we're looking at the world of Ted Lasso. That's right. All three seasons, all in an hour. God, that's going to be almost impossible to do. I don't know how we're going to do this one. But it's going to be a great, great sh- thing to talk about. One of my favorite shows of the last couple of years. And we got a great crew to talk all about it. Let's welcome back Dina Woods. Welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. It's good Hi. to see you. Good to see you guys. And, of course, Elaine Sweatman is here, too. Hi, how are you? It feels like I just saw you, what, two days ago or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, just recently, yes. Exactly. So it is awesome to that. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. You ready to be <laughs> the American going over to England to learn how to play football? I'm sorry, I didn't bring homemade biscuits. Was that a thing I'm supposed to do? <laughs> yes, you are, you know, because, you know, I'm almost ready to sell the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> you have to convince me not to, with charm and goodness and everything so i think i'll just fly back home okay bye (laughs) (laughs) there will be spoilers we should say that (laughs) oh we will if you have not watched all of ted lasso including the last season we are going to be spoiling a lot 
and it's going to be very interesting to talk all about this one and we definitely would love to hear from you guys feedback at our station one is the way to do it and we have an infinity for this show and there's a huge huge fan base that about two weeks ago all went no it's over oh no and you know but is it over that's the question you know and we'll be trying to talk a little bit about that too so we have a lot to cover in this one so mr mike ready to take a trip to richmond we are ready to call a meeting of the uh first station one diamond dogs (laughs) (laughs) all right uh yeah let's let's get right into it i'm not that kind of crap uh dean let's start with you how did you discover ted lasso uh so everybody i know was watching it and uh my best friend was like you gotta watch it you'll love it i watched the first episode i was immediately annoyed and i was just like why is he telling me to watch this he knows i'm not a sports girl and so then i decided like six months later to finally just jump in there with both feet and try it out and i'm hooked i got hooked and then it was ending (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you started late like it like I did with season three uh so I I well yeah well the first episode I watched like like I said, six months ago and then um I just started like right before when the season was like in the middle I guess yeah I started watching it and then I finally caught up and I actually finished in time to watch the um the finale like or not live but you know when it, came when it out. yeah when it debuted yeah 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 uh elaine what about you how did you discover ted lasso um we i think we watched the first season when it first came out um i'm trying to remember i know the second season we watched as it came out and the third season we watched it as it came out so i don't know if it's like all of a sudden we need to binge watch the first season for the second one starts um but we also were watching welcome to Wrexham, which i think was on Hulu about Ryan Reynolds and right, right. Rob McElhenney buying the Welsh football club. Yeah, and but that so was, that was that's a that's a it. that's a documentary. That's a real that's, that's a, a real thing yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. But it but it kind of dovetailed into right. Ted Lasso in a weird sort of way, and so we just kind of were like watching all the things about soccer for a while. Do you? And we don't normally watch soccer. <laughs> I was going to say, do either one of you watch football, soccer, however you want to refer to it here? I've only no, watched it no. when the uh, World Cup was happening, and then I'll get into it with my friends, but otherwise, no. No, I've been to a couple Atlanta games, Atlanta United games. But... And they are hot. Yeah. That, they they, yeah. they fill a stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing thing right there. Uh, Mike, what about you? Football fans are very, very dedicated to the sport. Yes. Yeah. 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 They, and then as seen here with AFC Richmond, I mean, it is, a lot of it is, you know, used for comedic effect, but I mean, there's almost truth to almost everything that they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's interesting too, because I had heard about the show when it first started, but you know, I didn't have Apple Plus at first. And I was a huge Jason Sudeikis fan, mostly from Saturday Night Live and his time there. And I had seen the TV commercials he did for, you know, for NBC as Ted Lasso. And I thought it was going to be some stupid parody type thing. And 
I heard, you know, I heard the plot, you know, an American coach going to the UK to coach a, you know, a British football team. And, you know, the owner wants to sell the team. That's why she brought him. Oh, and I said, oh, major league. Major league. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and like a hundred other uh, <laughs> movies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, talk about formulaic. And I was like, and I was like, oh, Jason Sudeikis is doing that. And it's like, and then I started hearing really, really good things about it. And I got very, very lucky because my computer at work died on me. And my boss. And you said, yay, right when it happened, right? <laughs> oh, I did because I was getting a new Mac. So I was like thrilled. And so I got, you know, six months free of Apple Plus, you know, as part of the, getting the new computer. And I was like, I'm going to try giving Ted Lasso a shot. I didn't know anything else that was on Apple Plus at the time. All I knew was Ted Lasso. And so I started watching. It was still the first season. So we got caught up pretty quickly because that's the one thing that Apple did with it is put it out weekly when it was on and everything. And I fell in love with the characters right away. And I kind of related to Ted a little bit being a divorced dad and, you know, seeing, you know, not being able to be around his son and stuff being, you know, far away from him. And so it, it resonated with me and then you had all these other characters who were human, even Rebecca, who you weren't really supposed to like at first, you know, there was likable instances of her and, you know, you fell in love with Jamie Tart. You fell in love with, you know, of course, Roy Kent, Coach Beard, you know, all of them. It's just, it's just awesome. Cause Coach Beard was just so fripping weird, you know? <laughs> And it felt like, you know, it was like, it, it was like trying to think, is Coach Beard supposed to be like the silent Bob of this thing, you know, type thing at first. And it was just real interesting. And I, the characters were quirky. And that's what I love with a TV show. That's what catches my attention. And that's what caught my attention with Ted Lasso. And you actually started believing that he was going to get something across and that actually he might learn about football you know during the whole time so and it and it went in so many directions that i didn't expect the show to go either so it was pretty awesome yeah i mean i i'd heard about the show i mean it's hard not to uh i mean it's received such critical acclaim one and been nominated and won tons of awards already uh i mean memes are you see about it, a meme about it almost every day uh, you know, people are cosplaying it as, uh, a, and cause it's an easy cosplay, right. At, uh, at conventions and all that. So, uh, very, very, very hard to, 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 and, and I don't know what, I mean, I was curious about it. And the one thing that I really kept hearing from people is that it was a feel good, uh, series, which I really appreciated. Um, but like you, Mike, I thought, oh, this is just going to be uh formulaic uh uh you know series sports series you know rags to riches team whatever uh you know uh bad news bears kind of situation like just kind of all those all those sports tropes right um but what i didn't expect and 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 my experience with jason sudeikis is practically nothing uh i've not seen any of his movies 
um, when I was looking at his IMDb over there, I was like, oh, he was on SNL for like almost a decade. I had no idea. <laughs> like, I had no idea. Like, mm-hmm. that's how out of tune I am with with that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'd seen I probably had seen him before, but he just made no impression on me whatsoever, uh, which, you know, not a, at least he didn't make a bad one. Right. So. Uh, so. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I've been wanting to see this. So thankfully when we were doing this episode, I said, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch these. And of course I waited till the last minute. So I binged all three seasons in like five days. <laughs> so now I've got like, I am definitely like in the realm of Ted Lasso in my head. It's just, it's so crazy uh, how that works when you binge like that. Um, between that and another show I binged this week with some sweet tooth, it's just, I have weird dreams now. Just really crazy <laughs> weird dreams. You just see uh, a, kid, a kid with deer antlers running through a, a football field, basically. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the normal part. Then Being it gets weirder. By Roy Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Roy effing Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like I, you know, when I watched it after, you know, the first few episodes, I figured if I didn't like it, then I'd pass on, you know, reviewing it with you guys. But uh, I did fall for it. I thought it was really good. And and I'm right. There's a lot of like sports stuff that this doesn't reinvent the wheel. This is like a really simple story that's told over three seasons of, a, you know, a loser team that becomes big. An outsider comes in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've seen it a million times. The thing about Ted Lasso is it might be like a a simple premise that's done a lot, but it's been very rarely done this well. And with these characters, and I think with most television shows that are successful, it all depends on the characters. And if you do not create and develop characters that people care about that are three dimensional, that surprise you, then your show is just going to die on the vine. It's not as easy as it sounds, but that's what you have to do. And Ted Lasso does that really well. I mean, there are so many characters in this. And yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it um, at length, I'm sure, as much as we can. But there's so many good characters in this that it has been suggested that even this, though that this might be the last season, might be, the show could continue without Ted. And guess what? They created the character strong enough that Yes, it could. You know, it's kind of like, uh, Very much so. you know, after the closer when Major Crimes uh, went on, on by itself without uh, Kira Sedwick, everybody's like, what? How could you do that with just the supporting cast? And they did it. Um, yeah. So I definitely think that this is like really high on the ranks of well-written, well-acted, well-produced shows. And uh, yeah, I'm, I know what all the hype is about. And guess what? It, it matches the hype. So, uh, Elaine, let's, let's start with you as far as characters goes. I mean, we can start with Ted if you want. Yeah, let's start with Ted. All right. Okay. What are your feelings about the main character himself? Um, he's, he's a conflicted guy, um, but he got a lot of love in his heart for, like, everybody that he loves. And I, I feel bad for him sometimes because I know his wife, ex-wife, didn't do him right at all and um but he also has trauma from his childhood that he's trying to deal with and try to be there for his son and but he but he's also just very positive about everything which is not easy to do when you 
have all this stuff going on in your brain and having panic attacks and, you know, all of that. But yeah. he still keeps going. He no, still no, I, keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I love the fact that he, uh, I think in one episode, describes himself as Ned Flanders cosplaying as Ned Flanders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Dina, what 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 do you uh, think about Ted Lasso himself as the main character of the show? Initially, uh, he got on my nerves. I was so annoyed by him. From like, he was so sweet and so positive to the point where I was just like, "Oh my God, is anybody on this earth like this?" But you know, like, I feel like if he didn't keep that positivity and if he didn't keep that attitude constantly, he would have just been in the corner crying because like what he went through was really horrible. And um, I don't know that I personally would have ever been able to just pull anything positive out of what he went through. And so I commend him for that. And so, but I grew to, it, he grew on me. Like I loved him. He's amazing. But at first he did annoy me a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, now you had uh, you said you had you know experience watching Jason and everything and the character. How did you think of uh, what did you think of his development through the whole series? Well, you know the one thing about the series it's all about growth, and every character is not the same at all from the very first episode on all the way to the final episode. And it's interesting because you had characters grow, a lot of them in the positive way, a couple of negative. And you got to see all of it. And it was interesting because Ted, you learned a lot about him. There was a reason he went to, took the job in the UK. He was in a failed marriage and he wanted to see what he could salvage of it. And, but he had a ton of guilt built into him because of what happened to his father. And then, you know, and you don't, you don't find out for until like the second season or later in the first season about his father committing suicide. And it's just real interesting that you had that. And he's, his trauma because of, you know, giving up, you know, his son, his son's a whole continent, you know, a continent away. And it was just real interesting. And at first him saying, oh, I don't need therapy. I don't need therapy. And then finally, you know, he hit a point and, you know, with these, you know, panic attacks that he was having. And it was just amazing, you know, that, you know, you need to get to all the way down to the lowest point till you finally realize you need help. And that's what happened with him. And it was, you know, and the whole world saw him fall apart, literally on the field. And it was interesting that you had Nate being the one to, you know, betray him on that. And we'll get to that. Don't worry. We got, you know, you know, this is going to be a fun one, folks. And it's going to be, it's interesting, too, because you had people, you know, everyone who knew him was there to support him. There was no one other than a couple, one or two people to stab him in the back. Everyone else was there to help him through it. And it shows, you know, overall, you know, you, if you get the right kind of people around you, you can, you can do anything, including winning a, you know, 
bringing, making a winning team from nothing. I mean, yeah. people believe in themselves, hence the belief. You know, I can definitely relate to Ted in some ways because I do, uh, or at least I did. I have been accused of being too optimistic for my own good. Um, so there is there is that, or for anybody else's good, for that matter. Um, but uh, so I, I and 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 he was funny. Like that's the other thing. I mean, he might have been like you know, but I thought like his references and his speech patterns and everything. I, I just thought he was generally funny. Um, and I, I appreciated that. And, you know, uh, you know, you always hear those things about comedians, um, you know, are really funny. The really funniest ones even have really deep, dark issues inside. And not only does Ted experience that, but Jason playing Ted and writing Ted I mean, at the time he was going, he had just gone through a divorce with Olivia Wilde, has a child. In filming this, he had to go to England, spend time away from his child. Like he was experiencing what Ted was experiencing. So just as Ted is like at the end of the third season makes a decision, I'm not, I'm going back home. It's easy to see that Jason is making the decision here. I'm done with this show. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I mean... If you listen, listen to the press, he says he's done. He like he's done this. being creative with it. He's done play, like he might pop up occasionally. And maybe if the show continues in some form, but I think he's pretty much going to move on to other things. I don't think he's interested in continuing this story. Now, if the Apple TV, Apple plus TV, Apple TV plus, what is it? <laughs> Sorry. Apple plus. <laughs> Apple plus people like back that money truck up to his house maybe we'll see him again you know but uh that would uh that would have to be you know we'll see um but yeah i i think the character's great and you're right he goes through some some stuff i think you, you know the as the show develops it becomes less about ted and more about everybody which is fine because if it was just about ted it should just be a 2 hour movie <laughs> <laughs> but since it's three seasons, uh, you know, you have to sort of, you know, uh, branch that out. So you introduce a lot of casts, a lot of characters, and uh, and they have a lot of winners here. So, so Mike, I'm going to start with you. Who's your number one, uh, your center player as far as other characters in the show? Oh, God. Who's center your center character on the field? On the field? Jamie Tart. Well, like, I mean, I just yeah. meant like on the show. So. On the show. Well, you said <laughs> on the field, dude. So yeah, um, I was I was being I was being like metaphorical. Oh, okay. Probably I would want to say other than Ted, probably Rebecca in a lot of ways. Because you saw somebody who had just been divorced from Rupert and she was trying to get revenge on him because he was cheating on her and basically he wanted she want she wanted to sell the thing that he loved the most, which was the football team. She wanted to destroy it, and that's why she brought in Ted, because you know what bigger you know to bring in somebody who doesn't know football at all. And it was it was interesting, and her her growth as a person, as you know, finding herself, because you know she basically was you know a trophy wife also and she basically was you know 
you know, she came from money, but she also, you know, but she was had even more and she had power then. And she was respected in the thing, in the in the town, in the city. And it was just interesting. And, you know, Richmond has a history. It's over 100 years old. And it's just so she wanted to destroy it. And she fell in love with the team, too. And she fell in love with the people that she was working with. Before that, they were just people that worked for the team. She didn't know, you know, anybody on it. And basically... The relationship she built with with Kaylee was just amazing. You know, they became best friends and it was just, it was awesome. And to see, you know, her through the three seasons grow completely and to, you know, you know, being somebody that Ted could turn to, they were, they became best friends and, you know, into, you know, her literally saying, I don't want you to leave. I'll sell this team if you decide to leave, you know, cause you're that, that's how integral you are to me and to this team. And it was just really, really interesting that she did that. And she learned how to stand up to Rupert. She learned how to, you know, control her life and via fluke through a psychic, you know, she literally, you know, found the man of her dreams at the end which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I I give them a lot of credit. I think the 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 thing that is expected and the thing that, you know, they teased a couple times, but the thing that's always expected in these shows is that Head and Rebecca are going to get together, right? They're going to they're like they're the ones they're going to find each other and and instead, you have your two lead characters become platonic friends. And it's just as difficult for them to part as if they were in a relationship or in a, you know, a love relationship of uh, in which they are of some kind, but not in the traditional sense that we usually associate with these shows. Well, exactly. And you actually, they teased you with it with the final episode, you know, and they teased you with it throughout the whole series. Oh, with throughout the whole series, but (laughs) really did it when you see Ted show up in, you know, his pajamas. (laughs) Oh yeah, at her home, and then you see, and then you see Beard in his. No, no I don't want to be reminded of that. No, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, uh, Dina, Elaine, any uh, thoughts about uh, Rebecca uh, from you guys? Uh, I like that Rebecca really was an horrible person in any in any way. Like she, yeah, she wanted revenge and all that stuff. But like as soon as Keely called her on her crap she immediately felt remorse like people who are just horrible people don't immediately feel remorse without somebody like banging it upside their head like she immediately felt bad for what she did to ted and you know she had no reason to even like you know give him any extra respect or anything i mean she just she really still didn't know him at that point i mean he was nice but like she really didn't know him and when keely called her on it she really felt like I, I messed up, you know, and I like that she actually had those moments where she admitted that she messed up and she actually had a heart and she just wasn't like the lady in Major League, you know, she wasn't that lady, you know. <laughs> she she was also very hot. Like, I loved her style. She had a, Ooh. she was classy. I liked her mm-hmm. whole vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, like, she carried herself like an Amazon, didn't she? Yeah. 
Oh, in more ways than one, dude. In yeah. more ways than one. An Amazon that could sing like an angel. Oh, my God. Oh, when she sang um, the song from Frozen in the first season, when they did mm. karaoke, I was just like, I was there with my jaw, like, you know, on the floor. Uh, Elaine, any I, thoughts on uh, Rebecca from you? Yes. I also like how she grew past her hatred of her ex-husband, I just blanked on his Rupert. name, Rupert, Rupert, and was able to sort of quasi not become friends with him. I'm thinking of that where they went into that meeting to do the big like conglomerate and it ended up in a food fight kind of thing. <laughs> and they've kind of like had a, a truce a little bit, but then also there was that scene where knocking at her door is her wife number three and the mistress he was cheating on wife number three with, and she's like, come in, let's take care of this. We are going to take care of him together. It's like she knows what they went through because, you know, it's 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 interesting to see her being the bigger person and going past all of that. I, I thought that was very nice to see that. Yeah, yeah. Elaine, we'll stick with you. What's, a, what's another favorite character of yours? I also like Roy Kent because mm. he's... Roy effing he's, Kent, he's, hello. Well, I, I I have him as a um a little people. <laughs> I have a set of, of of Ted Lasso little people. I don't remember where I got it, but yeah, there's I have Roy Kent and everybody on there. Um, I love. Is it possible like, to talk about Roy effing Kent without like f bombing all the time? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I I can, but I have a kid in the house, so I I try. I, you know, I don't. So did he? <laughs> well, well, that was his niece, and she yeah. called him out on it every time, and 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 he had to give her money. Every That's time. her college fund but, right there. But money yeah. in the swear jar. <laughs> yes, but I loved his relationship with his niece. That you know, you see the little glimmers of there's there's this you know soft teddy bear in there, but he's not going to show it because he's Roy Kent. Um, and then his relationship with Jamie Tart, how that grows to like big brother, little brothers sort of in a way um i do think that between the two of them they really messed things up with keely but i do think roy really loved keely and so i was kind of a little sad that they didn't end up back together at the end but Mm. you know well i mean to be continued right yes i don't i don't know if that story's over i hope not uh, but maybe um I hope uh, Roy ends up with a school teacher, truthfully. She was okay. awesome. Yes, she was. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Any other thoughts on Roy, Dina? Oh, yeah, he was totes my favorite. Um, his, just from the beginning, because literally his first like few scenes, he's like protecting Nate and like trying to get the other guys to leave this kid alone. Like, leave, why are y'all messing with him? And like, even though he's gruff and he sounds very angry and he cusses, he's he tries to be fair. And um, I love that about him from the beginning because I was like, ah, this whole facade is is not real. It's it's he's really like you said a teddy bear. Um, yeah. But I also like that he 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 grew like everybody else. It, it was he wasn't just stuck on this path that I have to be you know a brick wall all the time. And um, well, I don't know. He just he just yeah he did it for me. He was awesome. Yeah, and uh, uh, Brett Goldstein, who plays uh, Roy, is uh, he was uh, awarded a um, 
Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. So uh, well-deserved there. Um, I don't know what his uh, acceptance speech was like, but I would imagine they had to put their finger on that that button <laughs> a few times, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, and I think Brett has something to do with the writing of the show as well. Yeah. I think he's more of a uh, creative person uh, behind the scenes as well. And uh, and so, uh, Mike, any last thoughts on on Roy? Roy is amazing because he went from being the old senior veteran player on the team to then becoming a sportscaster and then finally becoming a coach on, you know, Ted's, you know, staff. And it was just, it was awesome. And he, you know, he had to, you know, become human. He had to show that, you know, show emotion and stuff. Cause he was, he was a truly angry person. He, you know, didn't let anything in and, you know, and it was interesting. And I think Kaylee really helped him with that and, you know, to show it. And then also the relationship with his niece also, I thought was pretty darn awesome, you know, and, you know, he showed his soft side and I loved when he stopped being at first, when he stopped being a player, he went to go coach her team. And that (laughs) was just awesome. (laughs) Everything. You know, Coach Kent, you can't really say that to children. Ah, oh, shut up, you know, and everything. And it was it was awesome. But like you said earlier, the relationship he had with Jamie, they went from bitter rivals to friends at the very end. And that was huge for both of them. And it was, you know, it was pretty awesome. You know, Roy made Jamie a better player, you know, and a, a better person in a lot of ways. And it, you know, it showed Jamie growing up also at the same time, which was pretty cool. But, and it was, it was neat to see, you know, what they all went through with it. And Roy was great with that. And Roy along the way and took all the way till he became a diamond dog in the final episode. And no, and that was awesome. Asked to be a diamond dog. Exactly. He asked, he wanted to be a diamond dog. (laughs) Which I think was that showed like, yeah, how much he's he's grown. That he's ready to coach now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I mean I echo what you guys have said too. I think, you know, obviously if 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 Jason is not part of this show anymore, uh, whatever they call it or however it ends up going, I think I think Roy is is as a character is set up to be like a a good replacement as far as if you have a main character like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Be uh, pretty interesting to see what they do. Um, so, uh, Dina, what about you? A, a main character of yours that uh, you appreciate? I mean, Roy's my favorite. But if I had to pick um, another character that I really love, uh, now my brain is blanking on his name. <laughs> Is Which it one? Higgins? Okay. Oh, Leslie Higgins. Leslie Higgins. Leslie Higgins. Yeah. Like he was. I loved him so much, and how cute him and his wife were, and like his <laughs> whole like. I don't know. He's just like that that cool best friend to have. Um, I I I, I thought he was very supportive, and he was he was ride or die throughout the whole thing. 
Uh, I like that when she called him about, out about like hiding Rupert's affairs, you know, he tried to do right by her and, and, and do things right. I, he was just a really sweet guy though. And like, as a side character, I thought he was very interesting. Um, because obviously you're focused on a lot of the players and a lot of the, you know, Keely and all that stuff. But like, I thought he was like a really cool character and he was just funny at times and he just has little quippy things to say um, and everything. And he just, I don't know, I liked him. <laughs> it's interesting because yeah. Leslie was a very unique character. You know, he was the straight man in a lot of different ways, but in a lot of ways, he also was the heart of the team mm. and everything. Like in the Christmas episode, yeah. He didn't expect anybody to show up, Ugh. and the whole team came to his house for Christmas dinner, and it was just—it was just wonderful. Or in the final season when they went to Amsterdam and he got his wish to play the play at the jazz bar. Oh, it was, that was awesome. Oh, that was just—it was just awesome, and you know, and he was always like, "Yes, I'll shut up." You know, he was like almost like the, <laughs> the lap dog, you know, type mm. of thing. And everything. And I always loved it when they called the Diamond Dogs meeting and he had to run all the way down. <laughs> Either that or like go through the window or try yeah, to come in through the, the window. window. <laughs> or, yeah. He, he was always, you know, ma- trying to make an entrance. I know exactly. Oh, false alarm. Oh, damn. <laughs> that was always great. I think I read somewhere, and this might be completely wrong because it's the internet, but I think uh, Jeremy Swift, who plays Leslie, I think his real-life wife played his wife on the show. Aw. That would would really make sense. I think so. I could be wrong about that, but... um, And I've seen seen Jeremy in other things, but he shines here. Um, Like everybody else in this show... As you pointed out, Mike, these characters, they come across in the first a couple of episodes as your, their typical stereotypical, like in the box kind of episodes. But as, as Ted himself would say, we're going to take that box and we're going to throw it right out. Like, we're just going to like, you know, that like nobody's going to stay, no character on this show is going to stay within that same box. And by the end of it, there you're right, they're going to go, they're going to transform into something else. And watching that transformation is really uh, is really special. Now, I couldn't help but notice that nobody picked Nate, and <laughs> Gee, uh, <laughs> and let me tell you, my I'm going to pick Nate not because he's my favorite, but because I cannot like I cannot forgive this guy. Like I I like he to me he is not redeemable. And the the one scene that might have helped when he actually quit working for Rupert, they never showed. So, nope. I you know all the way through, and he was trying to hit on that 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 waitress, that host of that restaurant. I was like, I am not rooting for you because you are a jerk, and I I I don't think he did enough to to be redeemed. Um. And, uh, yeah, I think they kind of dropped the ball with Nate. If we were supposed to feel that, yay, he's happy, we're happy he's back with the team, I wasn't there. And, and Dina, it looks like you weren't either. The only thing that made me even have any feelings toward he's not dead anymore was because Coach Beard came and he was the, he came and pulled him back because otherwise he's dead to me. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I hate that whole trope of the oppressed, oppressing other people. Don't do that. 
he was so rude to people and so horrible. I'm like, people picked on you and you're a hole. Don't right. do that. He was he was paying it forward in such a bad way. Yes. <laughs> and but and that... and somebody really needed to show him that, and I don't really feel like he got shown that. Mm-mm. Maybe maybe are... that'll be maybe that'll be a further storyline if and when it comes back. They will explore that more. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I, I think his only I, issue with Rupert was that he was going to tell him to cheat on his girlfriend. And that was the reason why he left. He didn't leave. I feel like that was the like impetus for him leaving Rupert is like, oh, you want me to come to this club with you and cheat with these women when I have this great girlfriend and I finally have a girlfriend. So now, no, I don't want to do that. And then he realized then he was kind of an a-hole, but like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I And I also really... Didn't I expected to see some big scene between the two of them, between Ned and Nate, and we never really got that either. I think they like Ted just sort of Ted just sort of like uh wouldn't accept it or wouldn't play with it or something. But I think he knew a little bit more about what what Nate was going through, but yet we don't really we never really saw that either. So I thought the show kind of dropped the ball with that character in particular. Uh, Mike, yeah. any thoughts on on Nate? Oh God, let's sit back and relax on this one. We've got a lot to talk about with Nate. It's interesting because he was always living in the shadow of a very demanding father, and he always felt like he couldn't do good enough for whatever he did and everything. And he had he basically was somebody who didn't have any self-confidence. He didn't have any self-worth because of his parents and everything, always putting him down and everything. And it was very interesting that Ted was the first one to actually see something in him and actually go out there and, you know, give him a shot at something. And he aced it. He succeeded at it. He you know, started becoming more and more confident in himself. And he started treating the people around him like his father was treating him. And it was real interesting to see. And he was, you know, growing and growing. And then Ted started having his breakdowns and everything. And he wasn't there for Nate to hold Nate up. And Nate lashed out at Ted because of that. And... I also think that, sorry, I, real quick, I just, I also think that he, like you said, Nate appreciated that Ned saw something special in him, mm-hmm. but that's the way Ted treats everybody. Oh, very like much Ted's, so. And, and I think Nate real like finally realized or eventually realized, oh, he's not reaching out to me because I'm special. He does that to everybody. I hate him now. Like it took away some of his specialness because he was like, because he was really jealous when, when uh, the, uh, when Roy came and joined the coaching staff. Oh, very much so. He was jealous about that, but he was jealous about the other kit boy. Oh, he was jealous. Man, sorry. He made the other kit boy, man, whatever. um, Life a living hell, you know, exactly. And, or how much he hated himself. You know, because, you know, when Keely took him shopping for new clothes and everything, and he looked good in the suits and everything, and he then tried to kiss Kaylee because of it, 
because he read it wrong because he's an idiot. And, you know, she was just being nice to him. And, you know, and it was just, it literally, he was spitting at himself in the mirror because yeah. he couldn't stand, you know, what kind of person he was. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not worth this. You're not because he kept on hearing his father, even when he tried taking his parents out for dinner that one time and his father had to complain or something about it. And it wasn't good enough for him. And it literally and then he made the sin of, you know, ratting out Ted saying it to the media and everything. And it was really big of Trent to, you know, actually come to Ted. It was a sign of respect and showed how much their relationship had grown and everything that, you know, that it was Nate who, who did it. And then when you, you know, when Nate, you know, finally left the team, ripped up the sign and everything, which was funny as how when they did the next season and showed that he kept got, had to keep on hiding under the desk (laughs) and everything to not be found and everything. (laughs) And then he had to climb out the window and he fell through the window and everything. It was awesome. It was totally awesome and then he went to coach the other team and you know when you saw him in the final scene you know looking his and if you notice his hair kept on turning gray the more Mm -hmm. he went to the dark side as we were calling (laughs) and and it was just it was real interesting i think he got off too light though i think you know he you know it's all about forgiveness in this show it's all about that but I also think that he got off way, way too light and too easy, you know, and forgiven for everything. Because yeah. you saw how pissed the team was when they saw the that Coach Beard showed him the video of him ripping the sign and everything. And mm. they played like idiots. Well, as Ted showed, like, that didn't help anybody. It doesn't, it, it doesn't help anybody to get... To actually want revenge and get all upset about it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of great lessons that Ted has here uh, that he um, imparts on on all these people and on everybody he meets, really. Oh, very much so. You know, being touched, having a little bit of Ted Lasso in your life means your life is going to be that much better for it. And that was the, the meaning of the show and everything. Absolutely. So, so um uh oh man we're just so out of time um but we, we have to talk about go another 10 minutes we have to talk about uh all right so if we're gonna get another 10 minutes and i'm gonna go around the around the horn really fast i'm gonna start with you elaine what's somebody else or something else about the show that you really loved um i loved what trent Krim became mm. i didn't hate him i didn't hate him so much when he was first on but because he had like the gorgeous hair and it was like Trent Krim from the independent and it was kind of like okay but you could see that he wasn't um like there was something in there like he was wanting to do something more than just be a snarky reporter and then when he decided asked if he could come write the book that was a funny scene also when you know Ted was like, like, I don't know. And they're like, no, no, no. And then he's like, sure, why not? Come write a book. Um, But then how he learned so much about the team and learned about the Ted way and then helping Colin be okay with coming out to the team and the team being, you know, that it was, it was a whole, I really ended up loving Trent Krim. Yeah. I I got a feeling that if they do, uh, 
uh, spinoff without Ted, this show will be called The Richmond Way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. very much. So. I think that's yeah. why they changed the title of the book, too, to set it that's up. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, Ted would not want a show about him named after him. Uh, yeah. Dina, real quick, uh, what what's something else about the show you like? Either a character, scene, whatever. I I uh, one well I love Sam also, but and he was good. He's kind of run of the mill, little sweet, you know, young player, go through his growing pains. But um, one of the things I really loved about the show is the ups and downs of the wins and losses, and the fact mm-hmm. that they didn't overdo the wins, and then they didn't overdo the losses to make it so extra dramatic. It was just enough to make me, who is not, I'm not a football fan get into it i'm yelling i'm jamie turkey do 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 like i'm barbecue sauce i'm going crazy watching the games when they lose i feel like may in the pub you know like freaking out like so i love the way they did that because i i hate like the extreme loss and i hate the extreme wins that are just both unrealistic and i like the way mm-hmm. they kind of did that yeah yeah absolutely mike what about you what's uh Somebody else or something else about the show that you really like? Oh, I just love how you got into the lives of all the different players, too. Even mostly like Sam was mostly and, you know, and how he grew. And then his, you know, his disagreement to, uh, you know, with the big rich guy from his home country and everything. But then I also loved how he was the one who took the stand against the sponsor for the team. And mm-hmm. the whole team stuck with him about it and yes. everything. And that was just, that was awesome. And I loved how he, you know, he ended up opening the restaurant. He even had an affair with the boss. And, yeah. you know, and I thought it was cute as heck, you know, because he's such, Sam is such a nice guy yeah. and everything. And it's, it's pretty awesome, you know, and, you know, everything from, you know, the beginning of the second episode where he had the one character kill the dog in the free in the three fro, you know, that was just like awful. It was awful. And it it was it was great. And you had the big soccer star come in this season, you know, Zorba. And and it was just it was awesome. It was like, where the hell are they going with this and area? Nowhere. They went nowhere with it. Yeah. They went nowhere. But I think truthfully, I, I think I think it did help because I think it made Jamie a better player, you know, because he wanted it made Jamie want to be a better player and he became and willing to and willing to go willing to work with Roy to be a better player. Exactly. But he also became a team member in this. He became, you know, he was willing not to take the spotlight for himself. And that's what the whole thing was with that. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And so, yeah, there was just, and, you know, I just thought it was great um, I just all the side characters were awesome. Beard was amazing. I love Beard. I love Beard's Night Out was such a great episode and everything. And you know, Beard's relationship with his girlfriend, now wife, and everything. And so it was it's just it's just awesome, you know. And the uh Beard's Night Out, I tell you, was an episode that I was like when did this show become like more than a half an hour? Like mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, cause it, it, usually like the first season, I think they're almost all half an hour, 30, mm-hmm. 35 minutes. And then the second season, they go 34, 37, 39, 40. And then by yeah. the end, it's like an, an hour. hour. Like it's like, yeah. And I'm like, 
So to me, that the beard episode was a real indicator, like, oh yeah, these are not half hour episodes anymore. And I kind of wish they were, because I think some of them could have been a little tighter, uh, because that one seemed to go on forever to me. And I liked it, but it was just like, wow, this is going on a long time. Beard's Night Out was a filler episode that they came up with later. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, because they were, it announced they were originally only supposed to do like eight episodes or nine episodes and the people at apple were had a hit on their hands so they said you got a couple more episodes so they threw it in they also threw in the christmas special also yeah Yeah. well i think i think maybe like the beard night out because what they did with it allowed them to have as much fun as they did in the amsterdam episode because it was kind of like oh night out for the entire team yeah you know with with and so I loved with, how the whole the team Amsterdam episode what to do in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um for me, uh I think the it was really, really fun to see Anthony Head as Rupert. Um uh I I thought he was I mean, my previous experience with Anthony, of course, is uh as as another Rupert uh on Buffy. Um, and to see him go from that character to this character, and I know he's played a lot of other characters in between. I've seen him in other things. I know he's more than capable, but when I'm watching Rupert in this show, I don't think about Giles one bit. Like he mm-hmm. is completely sells me on this, uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch wannabe. Um, and it's, he's just having a blast playing him and he's so sleazy and slimy that you can, I mean, the, the slime is just oozing off your TV screen, but he's, he's really hamming it up, but not to the point where it's, he's overselling it. I just think he just did a tremendous job. And if you're going to hate somebody, if there's going to be a bad guy in this show, he's just perfect for it. He was the bad guy. Yeah. And they went as far to make him the bad guy in this season, this, especially the whole. This, yeah, there's no redemption for this guy. No, there wasn't. But his his office, if you look at the window, it's I know the Death Star. It's like, it's, yeah, exactly. Emperor's, it's like the Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's awful. Awesome. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And, it really is. And they did that purposely. And absolutely. And it was just awesome. And the, to to as far as him in the long black cloak and you know in the yeah. final episode of the game and everything. yeah oh man he just i mean the way anthony just like flung that coat around i was just like damn he is enjoying this mm-hmm. yeah it was it was awesome so i i really appreciated his performance and i had to i couldn't end this segment without without saying something about that now uh that we're almost over uh i'm going to point to you first elaine Mm-hmm. Do you want more? Do you want more without Ted? Do you want what? How do you want? Do you want more? And how do you want it? Um, I want more, but I'm afraid that it won't be as good. Um, but I, they they planted so many little seeds in the finale, like the women's football club mm-hmm. that Keely went to Rebecca about that, or just to see what Beard and Roy and whoever else can finish doing with Richmond, can they keep going further? Can they, you know, um, so I would like to see more, but it needs to still be as good as Ted Lasso. Right. Right. Uh, Dina, what about you? What, uh, do you want to see it continue? And if so, how? 
I actually agree with Elaine a lot because honestly, I don't want any more Ted Lasso as a full-time show because I feel like once you've gotten to that point where he's like, I'm going home because this thing is more important to me than anything. I feel like if he comes back, like that's, you know, that just like spits on all the like stand-up guy, you know, attitude that he's had and wanting to be with his son and wanting to make things right with whatever situation is happening with his wife. I feel like that throws it all out the window. Um, but I definitely would love to see Coach Beard and Roy <laughs> uh, on their own without Ted. Hilarious. Mike, what about you? I'm thinking if they do the Richmond way, it can be the new women's soccer team or football team, excuse me. And I think that would be great. And it would be interesting having Nate as the coach of the women's team. because. I think that could be something very, very interesting to do. And I don't know if I'd want to watch a show that starred Nate. No, it wouldn't start Nate. It would, it would have all of them involved. It would have Rebecca. It would have, you know, everybody there. But I don't now Roy to... teaching a lot, like be coaching a lot of women. That could be fun. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that would happen because he's going to be too busy, you know, doing the men's team and everything. But you never know. It could be they. You know, he decides to do it and that could be fun. It could definitely be fun. And the characters are so rich. And if the right, you know, it wasn't just Jason Sudeikis writing. He had a huge team in there, including some of the folks like Beard and Roy and other people that were writing for this. And it was, you know, so you, if you have a lot of them still involved with it, I think it can pick up right where it left off. It doesn't need to have Ted Lasso per se, because there were se- yeah. there were parts of the season where Ted only appeared like once or twice an episode, even. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think, you know, I definitely think it could be something. So I'd be very curious to see where it was. Do I want more? Hell yes. I will be there if they keep the quality up. That's my, you know, little, you know, thing with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody will say they want more if the quality is lower. No, <laughs> like, well, like I don't. You know, I don't think that's something that we all any of us want. But the, sure, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they if they have, if they announce a new gotten, series, because you sorry to interrupt, but you've gotten spinoffs of other series sure. that you know are sometimes even better than the originals. It's true, came off of. So. Yeah, some people like I like my, my example before. Some people think Major Crimes was a better show than The Closer. Well, um, look at Cheers and Frasier, you know. Stuff yeah, exactly. Yeah, or that's all a, family. That's a big. That's a big and, fight, though. You know, uh, we don't have time to get into that fight. You know. Which show is better? But uh, in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. If the show continues in any form, I'm there. I'm going to check it out. And if the quality is not there, of course, I'll be dropping that too. But um, as long as as the same creator people are involved, I have confidence that it'll be worth watching. Um, I think the only reason, Dina, to your point, the only reason I'd want to see Ted is if it was going to be some other thing that he was going to try to do. Like, mm-hmm. like it was not going to be a show about Richmond. It was going to be a show about Ted Lasso taking on another challenge. Like I would, I would be up for that. Like a completely right. new environment, completely new sport. Maybe, maybe like. You know, teaches like he coaches basketball or something else. You know, something wild. Uh, but of course, it'd have to be in the states. It'd have to be near his son uh, for that to make any sense. 
so uh, because I find it hard to believe. And 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 Mike, to your point, like you said, that he wanted he went over there and took this job because of he was having trouble with his wife. He took this job because he was going to get paid a lot of damn money. Like, like, <laughs> like, I mean, he was coaching what, uh, like some division, uh, high, uh, college ball before this, like football, right. like he got a huge bump in pay, uh, to do yeah. this. Um, because Rebecca did not care how much she had to spend to ruin Rupert's team. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that uh, that had something to do with it too. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I think that's the main reason he and he and Beard went over there. Uh, in any case, uh, yeah, let's hope there's more. And if there's more, we will cover it on this show. So um, I think that's it for now. But thank you so much for joining us to talk about this. We will be right back as we uh, get creative. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We've got two big movies coming to theaters this weekend, one animated, one live action. And let me just say, like, I'm finally starting to feel like theater going is returning to normal after the COVID pandemic, just because there's lots to see in the theater. I feel like something new is coming out every week and it's just really fun. And summer blockbuster season is one of my favorite seasons of the year as a film fan. So I've been enjoying most of the movies I've seen so far and hopefully we'll enjoy two more. The first one we're going to talk about is Elemental. It's an animated movie from Disney Pixar that features personified elements like Earth, water, fire, etc. I think it's an interesting concept. The trailer didn't particularly grab me at first, but trailers sometimes are neither here nor there, and you can have a great trailer for a bad film and vice versa. So based on Disney and Pixar's reputation, I definitely want to check it out. Hopefully it will be a fun family film. We've seen some great performances from animated movies at the box office from across the Spider-Verse to the Mario movie. So hopefully this will continue that trend. With The Flash, this is one of those movies where there's so much drama going on behind the scenes that I'm really curious to see how the movie comes out. First, you have the allegations against Ezra Miller, who's playing the lead character of The Flash, and all the complexity those issues add to the film. You have the shakeup in the DC Cinematic Universe with basically the slate getting wiped clean and everything getting reset. Um, There's supposed to be some great cameos in this one, including Michael Keaton as Batman. So I have no idea how good or not good this movie is going to be. I've heard some people that are choosing not to see it. Totally respect that. But um, yeah, it will just be really interesting to see what happens in terms of the story and what impact this may or may not have on the DC Cinematic Universe going forward. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website, where I continue to write reviews, blogging my way through summer movie season. Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here on the ESO Network... 
three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here to serve all of your needs. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's like wild. No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast. Welcome back. Now it's time for the Creative Outlet segment, and we have comic creator Justin Gray with us. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. It's good to have you. You know, you have a brand new Kickstarter going. It's been going for about, what, two weeks now or so? Yeah, I think there's three days left. As, as of right now, there's three days left. Right. So basically, folks, when this goes live, you pretty much have 24 hours to get it done. So <laughs> oh, that's, that's plenty of time. Exactly. You that know, last push. That's it. That last bounce. That's great. Just, it's it's always fun to get in on the end of it too. It's always fun to like when you do a Kickstarter, you see how it, it ramps up and, and then it kind of flattens out a little bit. Sometimes you get variations of it and then at the end there's a sort of frenzied rush of things and you know, it's it's it every one of them is different, so it's kind of um it's interesting to just continuously see how these things develop and play out and try and figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't work, you know, how best to get those things out there. And obviously this helps. So I appreciate it very much. You guys. Absolutely. You are always welcome on the show. Anytime. If you just want to talk about the paint drying on the wall, you're always welcome. (laughs) know that. I got, I got some stories. So we should definitely set up. (laughs) Um, Tell us about Billy the kit. Um, This Billy the kit is, if you don't know, it is a story about an anthropomorphic gunslinging rabbit in a different version of the Wild West where <clears throat> he is the son of a preacher man and he's weak and sickly. And one day when his whole family gathers together, they've, they've all emigrated from another part of the country and they're settling in the West and they've all gathered together. Rabbits have huge families and Billy's sick and he can't go out. And the father's like, don't worry, next time. You can go out, and um, what happens is a vengeful tornado god who doesn't like all of these Christian rabbits moving into his land wipes out Billy's entire family, not knowing that Billy is asleep underground in the warren. And he comes out, and he realizes his entire family's gone, and so he has to bury all of them in classical Western fashion, very spaghetti Western, very Morricone or Corbucci. Um, and then he... He's lost. He's just a kid. He doesn't know what to do. And he runs into a goat named Luther, who is pretty much a kung fu master, badass that's done been in the war that um, had taken place previously, uh, because there's been light and dark wars throughout the Wild West. And this is a continuation of the first series, which was five issues, where we see the origin of Billy. We see what kind of character he is. We see what he's made of. And now in this second chunk of story, it's going to be a situation where I wanted to do stuff like crazy stuff. I wanted to do like physical reading stuff with the comics. So Barry McLean, the artist, and I were working on the idea of constantly having to move the book around as we're doing the sort of Indiana Jones old school adventure storyline of him. He discovers a map and the map leads him to a treasure. And so I wanted to represent that visually in a way that we hadn't seen very often in comics. So I wanted it to be a very personal, visceral, physical reading experience because I think a lot of that gets lost. Um, there's a lot of scrolling in the world now. There's, there's a lot of that tactile sense of 
flipping through things. So I thought, why not try and incorporate some of that in the actual comic reading experience and see if it works. So I hope it does. The art's brilliant. It looks amazing. Um, Barry nailed all the things we were going for in terms of the old school. Um, I don't remember who did it first. Maybe it was Dennis Cowan or whatever, where you'd see the character sort of ghosted into a solid form as they mm-hmm. go across the page. There's a lot of that in there. There's a lot of big action sequences, a lot of big scenes. And there's a lot of story in there because I go back to, uh, if you haven't read the first five issues, that's available in the Kickstarter. So you can go get all five and then this is issue six. And you could see the progression of, of how the character developed, where the story is going. And it's really a heartfelt kind of story where I took some of the elements of Spider-Man and the hero that's constantly getting pushed down and pushed down. And every time the hero tries to do the right thing, there's always a price to pay for it. I think that's a that's a brilliant storytelling archetype in any hero's journey. And I really wanted that to be the kind of feeling that you got when you read Billy the Kid. That is awesome. 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 Well, I know that uh, from personal experience, it certainly worked in the first season. So I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, now, is the whole season covered in this uh, Kickstarter or... No, this is just the first issue. Okay. Um, so so what happened was uh, we had, Barry and I had been doing, we first we did like a teaser trailer in issue one as a combination. That's like a 52-page comic. Just kind of like, it was one of those things where I had this idea and I was like, this is a crazy idea. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to tell this story just for my own personal sort of creative process. And I was like, ah, oh, nobody's going to read this. It's a, it's a talking rabbit comic talking animals in the wild west because I, I had done Jonah Hex with Jimmy Palmiani and so many talented artists and I didn't want to retread that I wanted to do something different I didn't want to do Justin Gray's version of Jonah Hex there's a lot of a lot of people when they move on from a popular like corporate character they sort of make kind of their own version of it so For I thought sure. this is so offbeat from that mm-hmm. and um and and so this is an extension of a mythology. I was very obsessed with making there be a, a full-blown mythology around just this character, not just being a rabbit, not just being a gunslinger, not just having sort of a prototypical uh, origin story where, you know, in the Western, someone suffers and they have to rise up, you know, pick them up there by the bootstraps. There's a very quintessential sort of American story to that as well. Um, but I wanted to do animals because we were going through a period of time where everything was being compartmentalized based on appearance or or gender or all these other things. And I was like, we just let these characters could be characters like Animal Farm or We Three that Grant Morrison did or, you know, um, Brian K. Vaughn did the, the Baghdad book. Right. Probably was, Baghdad, yeah. Um, I really wanted there to just be a sense of telling a story that didn't have to have any kind of social political aspect to it. And that's what that's what drew me to the idea of doing it with animals. Awesome. Awesome. That is fantastic. That is really, really fantastic. And I love the first one. So it was great. Thank you very much. So <laughs> Yeah, you never know. And Blue Juice came in and they said we love this. And then um they haven't done a Kickstarter, so they wanted to do Billy the Kid as the Kickstarter because it already had been on Kickstarter twice. Right. And um I think that was a good a good experience so far because i've been you know obviously i'm in contact with them all the time and and you know tom and jerry and they're they're great guys i love the company i like everyone that works there and um it's been interesting to sort of be the creator 
and writer, you know, co-creator and writer, and just sort of step back and not be so, you know, my hands so deeply involved in it. It's been it's been fun, but it's weird. It's been all these different things, and they're doing a great job. I think they're killing it, and I'm very happy to have the opportunity for this book to be in the world because it's so unconventional. It's just something I was like, ah, I'm, I'm really just having fun. And Barry was having fun and we were kind of just evolving the book from our own two perspectives. So I, mean, I appreciate everyone that backs it, everyone that supports it. And and because this is the kind of book I couldn't walk into, you know, a publisher and be like, oh, you should buy this because it's talking <laughs> animals. But the thing is, when people read it, they're like, oh, I get it. And it's fun. And it, there's a lot of human quality to it. There's a lot of silly adventure. And I really want that experience of like, enjoying a comic and not getting talked to by the comic or having to learn a lesson from the comic or or trying to fit into some kind of you know uh, category of why i'm reading this and and just to have fun i mean that's why i read comics and that's why i make comics absolutely that's awesome that is really really awesome so what is the kickstarter my friend how can we find you um, you could go to Kickstarter and search Billy the Kit. It'll probably be the first one. There'll be two other ones there, but it'll be the live one. And um, there's there's a link on my Instagram, which is not really I, I don't do any personal social media, so I just do Bleeding Pulp. Is the it's at Bleeding Pulp for Instagram, and then my bio has the link to it. Blue Juice Comics has an Instagram. The link is in there, and like I said, you could search it up. Um, there's no other um, Billy the Kit comic running on. Kickstarter, there's no other anthropomorphic rabbit gunslinger comic right now, as far as I know. Um, awesome. but, you know that's that how uh, awesome. that's how it works. So you can just look it up or you can, you know, look at one of these accounts, follow us, definitely follow Blue Juice. You can follow me if you want. I post a lot of weird nonsense. Um, but yeah, that's uh you know, we've got three days left. So it's going to be interesting. I hope that everyone listening to this wants to jump on board and just at least try it out. I think you can just try out. Um, I mean, there's six issues. There. It's a lot of material, and it's very um, energetic. The artwork is great. The coloring by Slimet is great. Um, Benny Lava does the lettering and all the design work on it, and the Blue Juice does some design work. And it's, um, I think it's an enjoyable comic. Like you just kind of want to have fun and forget about you know, what your normal life is like. I think most people will enjoy it. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Definitely thank you for, you know, coming on and promoting it. We do appreciate you, my friend. Oh, I appreciate you having me on here. We definitely got to do some other stuff for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, I know you got some other stuff in the pipeline, right? More issues of hope and everything, right? Yeah, I'm getting ready to launch hope as a Kickstarter. I'm waiting for Billy to end. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, prose writing and working on, these kinds of uh it's all blurred oh, because yeah, background. there's a reason for that too it actually works out. it's blurred blur is blurred anyway yeah so i've been doing um i had a i had a really rough 2022 comics year where i really kind of pounded my head against the wall and i really got very jaded very quickly um it was another growth period like after dc comics kind of forgot that i existed and really? um I, I was like, I just, I was like, I'm sticking my foot back into the pool of um, work for higher comics and it just went horribly wrong. And I was like, you know, why am I doing this? I would much rather write for people who want to read my stuff 
then go chase the carrot of the paycheck and the and the you know like in 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 these kinds of gigs where you have no proprietary no back end you just literally come in you get a check and you go away um mm -hmm. i don't i don't really i don't really want to do that anymore i don't I, and at this point i really would rather entertain people who want to be entertained than chase after all these other things um so then i started going back to pros i have all these things and uh, I'm working on something right now that's nuts. And if we have time uh, at another point to talk about that, I think it'll be quite entertaining, actually. Uh, As Mike said, you are welcome back anytime. Anytime. Let's definitely schedule on. something and, and set that up for sure. Sure. Awesome. That'd be great. Well, let's take a quick break. And Justin, thank you. And also thanks thank to you folks at Ink Marketing for uh, setting all this up for us, as always. Right, shout out to Kevin. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we will be back in a second to close up the show. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. AI is everywhere. You know this. If you're in content and publishing like I am, you're wondering how this is going to change your life. And it's crept into music as well. I, I don't know if a hologram is actually technically AI. It has that feel. And we've had holograms in concert, but it's creeping into recorded music as well. Uh, a band called Breezer over lockdown, they said they got bored of waiting for Oasis to reform. So they put down some tracks and... Uh, worked up an AI-generated Liam Gallagher vocal to put on top of them, and they put it out in April as an eight-track EP called AISIS. And recently, Liam Gallagher himself got a chance to listen to it, and he had a lot of things to say, Liam being Liam. Uh, he declared it better than all the snizzle out there and that the vocals were mega. He had a lot of um, negative things to say, because he's Liam, um, that I can't quote because they're full of swear words, but he, he had some points. He said that people, you know, constantly were telling him, oh, AI music, it's so interesting. And he's like, who is it interesting to? He said, I, you can't AI what I do. And as soon as you can, I'm done. Um, you can say that's closed-minded, but he, he has a point. Do you want a David Bowie or a Freddie Mercury album? Uh, that sounds close, but it's not really them. And where does it end? Where does it end? Will we be listening to fake people, uh, sort of like deep fake videos? Um, if there's a dispute with an artist and management or a label, like say something similar to what happened with Taylor Swift, um, can they create music with an AI vocal uh, over the artist's objections? I mean, where does it end? Little little philosophical pondering this week. Uh, this has been the iconic rock talk show moment, and I will not AI or really me. I will catch you next. Hi, time. I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath, and we host the Watchathon Arasalon, a podcast where we're watching through all of classic Doctor Who. Nope, we've already done that. We did. Well, then now what do we do? What do we two do? We review New Who. Ooh, we too review New Who? We do, just for you. Who? Not you, them, the listeners of the podcast. Ah. The Watchathon of Rassilon. Now we review New Who too. Woohoo!
So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Dina, thank you so, so much for being here. You were great. It was awesome. Thank you for letting me join you guys. Oh, not a problem. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Um, yeah, you can find my husband and I drinking and getting drunk and talking about geek stuff on my uh, YouTube channel, Drunk and Blurdy. Um, that's Drunk and B-L-E-R-D-Y. I love <laughs> it. I've actually watched a couple of them and they're fantastic. Definitely <laughs> Thank you. get a chance. Check it out. She is a ton of fun. Husband's not a slouch either, so it's pretty cool too. <laughs> and Elaine, thanks for hanging out with us this past weekend. It was awesome. Yes, it was. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Yes, I am one of three co-hosts on another podcast called Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Really? Oh, yes, really. <laughs> and I thought it was a Planet of the Apes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. You guys have been doing some killer stuff. You've been getting some great interviews on that show. I'm very I've been working been working really hard at trying to get people on our show. Yeah. That is awesome. And it's a proud member of the ESO network also. So it's pretty cool. Yes. Awesome, awesome. So that is very cool. And you know what? I'm we're very happy with everything and it was a nice little shock to, you know, see you guys at the con and everything. It's like, wow, <laughs> in person, not on screen. This is great. Yes. <laughs> it was awesome to do. So thank you as always. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. So now are you going to go get some sleep after, you know, binge watching Ted last whole weekend? Uh, maybe. I, yeah, I, I definitely need some of that for sure. Well, anything you want to shout out about, sir? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, my uh, cousin, uh, Ryan Suffern, had produced a film that uh, debuted and won a Best Short Film at uh, the uh, Mountain Film Festival in Telluride. Um, but I neglected to mention that two other of his films also premiered uh, at uh, Telluride as well. Um, he is an executive producer on a movie called, uh, who is it? Uh, Rather, which is a feature documentary on legendary journalist Dan Rather. And he also, uh, it was the world premiere of another feature that a documentary that he executive produced was called The Space Race, uh, which is a documentary that weaves together little known stories of black astronauts seeking to break the bonds of social injustice to reach the stars. It had its world uh, premiere at Tribeca Film Festival and uh, yeah. It's uh it's a it's a really cool concept and uh I'm looking forward to seeing both of those. Of course, I can't wait to see some of those too. All everything he does I have interest in. I did get to see his uh his um New Orleans Jazz Fest. Um nice. And it was awesome. He did a fantastic job. So I'm looking forward to seeing his new stuff. That's the one where he won a Grammy. Of course, of course. Even with Jimmy Buffett in it, it won a Grammy. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. No accounting for taste there. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, my shout out real quick. Um, you heard me mention a couple times during this podcast tonight that, you know, Elaine and I were together over the weekend. We were at Con Casterburris in Huntsville, Tennessee, which is a Doctor Who con that had been on hiatus a little bit, mostly for COVID and also for personal reasons with the founders and such. 
And so they actually came back and it was a wonderful two-day celebration of all things Doctor Who. And sadly enough, you know, they announced it. This might be the end, kind of like Ted Lasso, kind of, kind of you know, <laughs> surprising that way. Um, but there's rumor going around that actually it might might not be going away as quickly as some people were hoping or thinking. So it's pretty oh. awesome that we get more, you know, we might be getting some more Con K, but that's a TBA. But we all had a great weekend. Um, the main guest, of course, was John Barrowman, and John was amazing. He was so personable to everyone who met him, and he hung out with some of the guests and, you know, the people going to the con. He, We saw him go by our table at least five or six times, and he, you know, raised his eyebrows a couple times when he you know, went by us. So it was perfect, you know, and everything. And so it was it was a cool time for everybody. And it was fun hanging out with Mary. It was fun hanging out with her sister, Barbara, Judy, of course, and of course, Elaine and Matt. And sadly, Mr. Mike, you were missed. You came up quite a bit. And it was also nice to hang out with C. Kirby and Matthew, of course, who helps put it on, works with Bonnie and everything. And it was just great. And we met a lot of great people there. And so, folks, you know, if if it comes back, Huntsville, Alabama is the one great part of Alabama that I actually, you know, like. So it's pretty cool. And it's just it's just a great time. And hopefully Con K will be there. And you could see it, my pictures up on my Facebook. And it's open to everybody. So you don't have to be friends with me to see it or anything like that. And there were some amazing costumes. They did, they went all out this year. And it was it was a ton of fun. So definitely check it out. And, you know, of course, it's always great to talk to you guys. It's great to talk to the people who help listen. We had people come up, oh, ESO, we love you guys. I love your podcast. And a couple of people rattled off a couple of the topics that we did recently. And it was just like, you listen. Oh, my God. You know, so it's it's pretty awesome when that happens. So it's always great when you guys do. And, you know, the, that's how we find out who's listening. Because you can write write us or we can beg you to write us or you can give us a thumbs up or leave a review and everything. But we really find out when you come up to us at a con or something and say you really appreciate and that you do listen. And that's the awesome thing with doing the show. It's pretty darn amazing and it makes it worth it like that. So it's pretty cool. You know, and, you know, as we like to say always, you know, you are the reason we're talking to you guys right now. We wouldn't be doing this, you know, if nobody was listening, people are listening. People obviously are listening and it's awesome to be able to do this. And, you know, feedback at our station one is always the best way to get in touch with us. You know, if you have any comments, good, bad, mediocre, whatever, just write us. We always love hearing from you guys. You know, as always, we also have new stuff coming to our T public store. You can find those T public t-shirts up on our, you know, ESO website or the Air Station One website. And it's a great way to get wear some ESO swag. And we actually saw two people wearing ESO t-shirts over the weekend. So kudos to you nice. folks. So it was pretty awesome. So also, of course, as we like to say, you could also join in and with all the fun with the ESO Patreon, you could help support us, you know, for as little as a dollar a month, folks. It's not that much. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Pretty cool stuff. 
let's thank a couple of our patrons right now. That's right, folks. We went over it last time. Let's also thank Kevin Cafferty, Jen Adams, Eric Paul Johnson, Alan O.W. Barnes, Lydia. Okay, I'm going to kill this last name. Sorry. She might not be a, a patron after this one. <laughs> Kenadactyl, uh, Dave Slaughter, Chris Jones, uh, Jill Sanders, Wildcard, Rob McIntyre, and of course, Jacob Holler. Thank you guys so, so much for supporting us. It's always great to do that when you guys can do that for us. Also, of course, if you want to follow us, you can find our podcast anywhere. Find podcasts are found. And of course, we have our YouTube channel. You know, as we always like to say, if you like us and you made it this far into the video, please give us a thumbs up. Let us know you enjoyed this episode, that you love Ted Lasso. If you love Ted Lasso, give us a thumbs up. We would appreciate it. And also always like and subscribe. And also hit the little star at the top. That way you know when we have new episodes coming out twice a week for you. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Michael Gordon, Elaine Sweatman, and you know what? Thank you so, so much for listening. And as always, believe. That's right, folks. We got to believe. See you soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. You know what the happiest animal on Earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. It's got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish.